everybody should definitely come to Baltimore. We have a way of speaking to each other through food. It's really renewed for me, my love of what I do. It's gonna take something far stronger than a pandemic to defeat us. All of these businesses are taking precautions to make sure that everyone is safe. We're ready. See what we've got going on. Plan your visit at Baltimore.org. Imagine, if you will, a place where the macabre and humor flow amicably. A place where UFOs land and monsters are real. A place where you say to yourself, I want to believe. Yo, episode five, man. Here you go. I'm Nomar Slevic. I'm Kyle Sawyer. And guess what, buddy? We're going to cover one of your favorites today. Yes, sir. But first, a quick reminder about our format. All episodes have been pre-recorded. You know the drill. Season two, they're all released at once. And all of our I Want to Believe social media and email are listed in the show notes. Okay. Today, we're going to discuss the Jersey Devil. Ayo! Perhaps one of the most famous monsters in American history, the Jersey Devil has struck fear in the residents of the New Jersey Pine Barrens for centuries. Although stories of the Devil have been retold in seemingly endless variations, the true origins of the legend can be traced back to a real family who inhabited the Pine Barrens during the 17th century and whose unorthodox beliefs led to rumors of supernatural occurrences. But is the creature simply a product of religious feuds and superstition, or is there more to the story? Did the Jersey Devil really exist? Now, the story of the Jersey Devil goes back to almost three centuries. That's a long time. And since then, it has become a muddled heap of myth, legend, true stories with believers and skeptics. How's about we dive in from the beginning, eh? Original gangsta style. <laughs> oh god original gangsta style you know all right so kyle this is a favorite of yours mm-hmm. care to recap the uh, legend of the jersey devil sure so the legend goes that in the pine barren forests of new jersey a woman who went by the moniker mother Leeds had given birth to 12 children in 1735 she found out that she was pregnant with her 13th child the Leeds family was poor her husband was a drunk and when they found that she was pregnant again she cursed the child and said let this one be a devil she went into labor a few months after that proclamation on a reportedly dark and stormy night and all had forgotten about the curse Mark Skurman and Mark Morin, authors of Weird New Jersey, wrote, Her children and husband huddled together in one room of their Leeds Point home, while local midwives gathered to deliver the baby in another. By all accounts, the birth went routinely, and the 13th Leeds child was a seemingly normal baby boy. Hey, that's my baby boy. No. <laughs> Within minutes, however, Mother Leeds' unholy wish of months before began to come to fruition. The baby started to change right before her very eyes. Within moments, it transformed from a beautiful newborn baby into a hideous creature unlike anything the world had ever seen. The wailing infant began growing at an incredible rate. It sprouted horns from the top of its head, and talon-like claws tore through the tips of its fingers. Leathery, bat-like wings unfurled from its back, and hair and feathers sprouted all over the child's body. 
Its eyes began glowing bright red as they grew larger in the monster's gnarled and snarling face. The creature savagely attacked its own mother, killing her, and then turned its attention to the rest of the horrified onlookers who witnessed its tempestuous transformation. It flew at them, clawing and biting, voicing unearthly shrieks the entire time. It tore the midwives limb from limb, maiming some and killing others. Jeez, man, that's some crazy shit. Right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Now, that's that's now that's the legend. That's the legend. Mm-hmm. So now that story you just told is the majority of what people know about the origins of the Jersey Devil. But when you do a bit of research, a whole lot more comes to the surface. Check this out, dude. The real story actually includes some political intrigue. Quaker infighting, almanacs, a cross-dressing royal governor, and a man named Benjamin Franklin. I wonder who that guy is. <laughs> Brian Regal of the Skeptical Inquirer wrote a fantastic article on the Jersey Devil, and I will be quoting it from time to time. So, New Jersey became a thing in the 1620s. Settlers arrived from England, and many of them were members of the Society of Friends, which people now call Quakers. They were, quote, delighted to discover large tracts of land all but empty of people nestled between Manhattan and Philadelphia. Now, the first governor of New Jersey was a man named Lord Cornbury and was considered, quote, one of the most vilified and hated governors of colonial America. He was also accused of being a crossdresser. A portrait believed to be Cornbury hangs in the New York Historical Society and shows him dressed as his aunt, Queen Anne. I don't know, man, but like, who cares about all that? Let Cornberry be who he wants to be, you know? But he did have a connection to the Jersey Devil. Regal wrote, When Lord Cornbury received his orders to take charge of New Jersey in 1702, the document included a list of his counselors, one of whom was Daniel Leeds. So now, the Leeds name comes into play. Daniel Leeds was already in America at this point. He was described as a devout Quaker and claimed that he had religious visions as a child. Now, this is also where a, quote, Leeds, having numerous children, comes into play. Regal continued. His first wife died in England, so he married a second time in 1681. This wife, Anne Stacy, gave birth to a daughter, though neither survived the birth. Then he married Dorothy Young, who also died, though not before producing eight children by 1699. He married a final time to Jane Abbott Smout. So at this point, with the stillborn daughter from previous marriage, we're talking nine children, not 13 as told in the legend, but despite that, that's still a lot of kids. So during his time with Dorothy Young, he acquired quite a bit of property that he handed down to his sons, and it was called Leeds Point. This is the location now associated with the Jersey Devil legend, aka the Pine Barrens. So that's quite a bit of history there, and we'll be getting to the Jersey Devil eventually. But Kyle, would you like to inform our dear listeners about the Quaker and Almanac Wars? Yeah, so, okay, we're going to back up just a little bit. Okay. In 1687, okay. Leeds began publishing an almanac, which included a lot of astrological data that went against Quaker belief. Regal wrote that several members of the Quaker meeting complained that Leeds had used inappropriate language and astrological symbols and names that were a little too pagan. That dastardly devil. The notion of predicting the movements of the heavens did not sit well with Quaker theology. Leeds was remorseful of this and publicly apologized for this and tried to explain his intent. However, the Quakers were not happy and gathered up all copies of the almanac and destroyed them. Wow. 
This best leads off. He denounced his affiliation with the Quakers and continued with the Almanac. Along with the Almanac, Leeds put out a book called The Temple of Wisdom. Regal wrote of the book that Leeds paraphrased and outright copied large sections of other authors to cobble together a personal cosmology. He included sections of angels, natural magic, astrology, and the behavior of devils. You know, I do that too. I uh, copy most of my work and release it as my own. <laughs> Maybe I should admit that. No, no, no. <laughs> Go on. The source he drew upon most was the work of the German mystic Jacob Bohm, who was considered heretical. Bohm's writings focused upon the nature of sin and redemption. Leeds enjoyed the work of Bohm and saw him as a, quote, kindred spirit. Leeds eventually considered himself a Christian and stated, Everyone that will speak or teach of divine mysteries that we have the Spirit of God. Despite Leeds' opinion of himself, most people at that time saw him as an occultist and as someone to avoid. Jeez. But his works did have a fairly large fan base. Nice. Regal wrote, Leeds was heavily invested in local politics, leaning towards royal authority. In one instance, Leeds advised Lord Cornbury to not swear in several members appointed to the assembly by local election. The rest of the assembly complained to Cornbury about these groundless accusations, but to no avail. The Quaker saw the Anglican governor Cornbury as the local tyrant representing the larger empire who sought to keep them under control and who opposed their religion. Hmm. When Daniel Leeds, as one of their own, sided with Cornbury, the Quakers saw him as a turncoat. Leeds also backed other anti-Quakers and began preaching that the Quakers had strayed from Christianity. Regal continued, After a series of Leeds' anti-Quaker pamphlets, such as The Innocent Vindicated from the Falsehoods and Slanders of Certain Certificates, 1695, George Fox, the founder of Quakerism, responded to Leeds' accusations with The Case Put and Decided, 1699, in which he argued that Quakerism stood unjustly accused of any theological wrongdoing. Also at this time, Leeds was accused of being evil, and in the pamphlet was put out that accused Leeds of working for the devil. Dang, man. Now it also sounds like we're working towards a Leeds finally coming into contact with a devil. But there's a bit more to go. Hang in there. Regal wrote that Daniel Leeds continued to publish his almanac and quarrel with the Quakers until 1716 when he retired and turned the business over to his son, Titan Leeds. In 1728, Titan redesigned the masthead to include the Leeds family crest, which contained three figures on a shield, dragon-like with a fearsome face, clawed feet, and bat-like wings. That figure is typically called a wyvern, which Dictionary.com defines as a winged, two-legged dragon with a barbed tail, and in my opinion, sounds a lot like the descriptions of the Jersey Devil. Are we getting closer to the legend here? Maybe. Hmm. So Titan is continuing on with the almanacs and eventually found himself in the middle of a quote, the most notorious almanac feuds of them all. Regal wrote, Benjamin Franklin entered the almanac game in 1732 with Poor Richard's Almanac. As competitors in a lucrative market, the upstart Franklin decided to go after his established rival to boost sales. In the 1733 edition of Poor Richard's Almanac, Franklin used astrological techniques to predict the Titan Leeds would die on October 17 of that year. Franklin approached this feud in a humorous vein while Leeds took it seriously. He retaliated in the Leeds Almanac by saying that Franklin, quote, has manifest himself a fool and a liar. 
Franklin replied with mock outrage and hurt, saying Leeds was, quote, too well-bred to use any man so indecently. Therefore, the person saying these things must not be Titan Leeds, but a creature from the spirit world. He went on to say that he had received much abuse from the ghost of Titan Leeds. Even after Titan Leeds finally died in 1738, Franklin responded to his own creation that, quote, Honest Titan, deceased, was raised from the dead and made to abuse his old friend Franklin. Largely out of fun, Benjamin Franklin had publicly cast his rival Almanac publisher as a ghost brought back from the great beyond to haunt his enemies. It is interesting to note that the traditionally believed period of the quote birth of the Jersey Devil, which was 1735, coincides with the death of Titan Leeds. So maybe this is where the legend is actually born. Check it out. We've got the Pine Barrens, home of the Leeds. Daniel denounced his religion and was then seen as working for the devil. Daniel had numerous wives who all died and had several children, both mirroring the legend, mother dead, numerous children. Daniel's son, Titan, stood accused by Benjamin Franklin of being a ghost resurrected from the grave. Their family crest had a wyvern on it, which looks like the Jersey Devil. The Leeds led a life seen by others as against the grain and could be considered political and religious monsters. So I ask you, Kyle, after all that time, could the quote Leeds devil, in fact, be the true origin of the Jersey devil? Don't answer that yet, though, because Regal wrote, references to the Jersey devil do not appear in newspapers or other printed material until the 20th century. The first major flap came in 1909. It is from these sightings that the popular image of the creature became standardized. So, Kyle, do you think it is possible the writings of this time and elements that led to the creation of the Jersey Devil could have been based on the weird yet all too real Leeds family of the Pine Barrens? I'm so sorry, but before you answer that, Regal closed by writing as Rube searched the woods off the Jersey Turnpike and the Garden State Parkway for a bat-winged beast, the ghosts of Daniel Leeds and his family may just be watching and smiling at the absurdity of it all. Kyle, what say you, my friend? Can I actually answer this? Please. Well, I mean, that definitely could be an explanation for it all. That's definitely a possibility. I don't think it's a stretch. No, no, not at all. Um, especially and, for the legend and everything is concerned. Yeah, like, all the elements are there. The legend that you read, it is all here in the history. And that masthead is really interesting, you know, and that became the symbol of the Pine Barrens, which you could argue was the Leeds Pine Barrens to, to begin with, you know? Hmm. Thoughts? Strategies? I don't think that's a thing here. No, it's not. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's it's definitely an interesting take on it. I mean, and there are people that still, to this day, claim that they see it. There was a really awesome Paranormal State episode. That show hasn't been on in a while. And then there were some horrible things that the uh, lead investigator, Ryan Buell, did in later years, which I, I, I don't want to promote or really support in any ways. But I think it is worth noting that Paranormal State did do a uh, Jersey Devil episode and actually caught something on, I think it was infrared camera. Mm -hmm. Yeah, on a FLIR camera. Yeah, FLIR camera. It was, uh, it's pretty amazing. And if I can find a clip, I'll, I'll certainly put it in the show notes for people to check out. And there was a really great Destination Truth episode with Josh Gates. And I think Chris Williams was her name, maybe? That, that young 
girl that used mm-hmm. to be on Ghost Hunters. Mm-hmm. She was on the episode too, and they had a great episode about the Jersey Devil. I don't remember if they caught anything though. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember myself. Yeah, <laughs> but if I can, like if it's free on YouTube or something, I'll throw it in the show notes as well. And then there's just been thousands of witnesses way after 1909 or, or yeah, 1909, way before that first report mm-hmm. that people are seeing this thing. So is that an amalgamation of what people are seeing? Right. Uh, is it a, a, a tupola of some sort? Like, I don't know. A tulpa? Thank you. <laughs> uh, could it be a tulpa of some sort? You know, I, I don't know. I really like this history. <laughs> I, uh, I'm trying to look at Kyle as we record this and he's still laughing. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's very hard to concentrate. All right. No, it's okay, man. I really like this history and how it really conveniently plays into the legend. You can kind of go at it like section for section right. of the legend and plug these little pieces in, but maybe almost too perfectly. Yeah. You know what I mean? It almost works too perfect. So also I may be a bit biased and I love the Jersey devil. Oh, same here. You know, so I, I, I don't know if I want to believe that there is this weird looking dragon-like cryptid out there i don't know you can't take away from this history as well yeah i mean and it's a big part of new jersey i mean they even named their hockey team after in the nhl yeah the new jersey devil yeah, jersey devil big part of american folklore and history sure. I mean, regardless of whether it's something that actually exists or existed at some point still nice little story to tell yeah, in, in a folklore sense, 100% agree. I'd also like to point out, we are recording this on uh, December 2nd of 2018 right now. It's 2019, some month in 2019 when you're listening to this. And I would like to point out that Seth Breedlove and Mark Matsky, they have actually put together uh, a podcast that's airing right now called Monstropolis, I think is the name of it. And they just did an episode on the Jersey Devil. And I would implore you to check out that podcast as well. Some really great uh, lores and legends in that one as well. So check that out. I'll put a link, uh, if I remember, in the show notes to uh, to Seth's podcast. But I think that's all I got on the Jersey Devil. This is the epitome of I want to believe, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. You got anything else? I think we're good. All right. Till next time. Till next time. No. 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 Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brian Regal, the fan. What? All right. <laughs> Shit. When Lord Kernbert. <clears throat> when Lord Kern. <laughs> Largely out of fun. Oh my god. Largely. <laughs> this is going worse, man, than the first four. All right. Bat winged beast. Ah. For bat winged beast. <laughs> Did I say it wrong again? No. Oh, no. <laughs> You're still laughing I'm at still it. Laughing at you son of a bitch. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's all right.
Yeah, I, I did like the last part, though, that the Leeds family might be looking on and laughing at the absurdity of it all, should all of that was is true. Although, you know? then again, they didn't really seem like the, the kind of people to take a joke. No, no, not at all. That's uh, Leeds was the exact opposite. Right, like, yeah, so, so I'm not sure they would be laughing. Yeah, that, that's true. They'd probably be, probably be pissed at They're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Me and Titan build this thing. Yeah. Now... It's just Benjamin Franklin that's remembered, not even for the almanac. Like, mm. what the fuck? You know? Find a moment of calm at Classical WETA 90.9 FM. Available to stream now at classicalweta.org or on the Classical WETA app. I think what flavor of these new Dunkin' Coconut Refreshers you get says a lot about you. Really? What's it say about me? Well, you got the refreshing golden peach because you're vibrant, fun, and positive. Oh, what about me? The bold purple pomegranate means you're vibrant, fun, and positive. I take it I got this delicious pink strawberry because I'm vibrant, fun, and positive. Yeah, it's a simple system, really. Share the shine. Enjoy a medium Dunkin' Coconut Refresher for $3. Order ahead plus earn rewards. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer excludes classic Dunkin' Refreshers.